We're going to sing our first carol, and our first carol is number one in the carol sheets. Uh, very famous carol, perhaps most famous of all, all, who knows? It's number one, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. So let's stand to sing number one. to have uh, our first of several readings in just a moment but I just want to draw your attention first uh, to the last line of the first verse uh, you just sang it uh, but did you realize what it said uh, it says in the first verse of O little town of Bethlehem the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight I wonder have you ever wondered what that means what does it mean, the hopes and fears of all the years were met in Bethlehem that night? Uh, well, there are two meanings uh, to that line. 
Uh, One of them is that Bethlehem that night uh, was a melting pot of humanity. Uh, You know, of course, that Mary and Joseph couldn't find room in the inn because it was heaving with people. Uh, They were there for the census, and it was full of people who did not live there but were going there to be counted. And you can imagine all the hopes and all the fears of the people in that place that night. Now, not least, Mary herself. Uh, Mary was pregnant with her first child. It doesn't take a lot to imagine what her fears might have been. Her fears for her baby, her hopes for her baby. And she was just one individual in that town. And when uh, it says that the hopes and fears of all the years were met in Bethlehem that night. It's referring to all the hopes and fears of people uh, that were gathered there then. And to learn a little bit more about that, we're going to listen to our first reading now, which will describe uh, a little bit more detail how Mary got into that situation. So Lois is going to read for us now, and she's going to read from Luke's Gospel, and chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Thank you, Lois. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favoured one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this now is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord... Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Thank you very much, Lois. Did you pick up in that reading? The angel told Mary not to be afraid, and with good reason. Uh, It was a highly unusual situation to be in. But the angel also touched on the second meaning of that line in that carol we sang, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Because it wasn't just the mass of humanity that was there. Uh, That line also refers to Jesus himself. Uh, The hopes and fears of all the years were met in Bethlehem that night. In other words, all the resolution of all the hopes and all the fears of people were met 
in Bethlehem. Now, I don't know what hopes and fears uh, you have this evening. Uh, we're a mass of people here. Uh, no doubt there are all sorts of anxieties and fears and hopes and dreams that we have. Well, the message of Christmas is that those hopes and fears can be met in Jesus, uh, in that baby that was born. And trust me, by the end of this evening, uh, we'll all know how that is so. I can't promise that all your fears will be relieved, uh, or your individual uh, specific fears, but I can assure you that there is an answer to your greatest fears. Uh, We'll look at that in more detail a little later. But we're going to sing again, and we're going to sing our second carol now. And I've lost my sheet. Where's it gone? There it is. And our second carol is going to be number three. Number three in your carol sheets. Once in Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. So let's stand to sing uh, Once in Royal David City. And if we just stand when we hear the music, it will be much easier. We'll all know what we're doing then. So just stand as soon as you hear the music for Once in Royal David City.
going to have our second reading in just a moment. But again, I don't know if you noticed another couple of lines that we just sang. It says, he came down, speaking of Christ, he came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. Seems to make sense, does it? It says he was God and Lord of all, and yet his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. Uh, kings don't go to stables. Uh, princes aren't born in mangers. And yet, as we've just sung, and as the Bible teaches, that is exactly what happened when God came to this world. And to learn a little more about that, uh, Elliot is going to come now with our second reading, which is from Matthew's Gospel and uh, chapter 1. And so Elliot will read for us. Thank you. Uh, Matthew 1, 18 to 23. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary your wife, to take to you Mary your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgins shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Thank you very much, uh, Elliot. Uh, to pick up in that reading, the name that the baby was to be called, Emmanuel, which means God with us. Uh, the baby wasn't going to be just any old baby. It was going to be God living amongst people. It reminded me of a story that I heard about uh, a ruler in Persia. I don't know why it was Persia, but apparently it was. Uh, and he was apparently a good and wise king. Uh, and he loved his people, and he wanted to know how they lived. He wanted to know all about them and their hardships and pain. Uh, and often, apparently, he would dress in the clothes of a working man, or a beggar, and he used to go to the homes of the poor. And no one whom he visited thought he was their ruler. One time he visited a very poor man who lived in a cellar. He ate the coarse food the poor man ate. He spoke cheerful, kind words to him. Then he left. Later he visited the poor man again and disclosed his identity, saying, I am your king. The king thought the man would surely ask for some gift or favor, but he didn't. Instead, he said, you left your palace and your glory to visit me in this dark, dreary place. You ate the coarse food I ate. You brought gladness to my heart. To others, you have given your rich gifts. To me, you have given yourself. And that's just a story. I'm not at all sure that ever really happened. Except it did happen, but not with a Persian ruler, but God himself came into this world. 
Uh, he ate food. Uh, he had the pains and hardships that we have as well. That's the wonderful message of Christmas, uh, that God stepped into this dark world. And yet, like in Bethlehem, most people had no time for it. Uh, no, most people didn't realize that uh, even a baby had been born, let alone the King of Kings. And so it can be so often today as well. Uh, people can celebrate Christmas, uh, they can enjoy all the festivities, and yet not appreciate what happened that first Christmas when God stepped into this world, uh, when we were given the greatest gift, not wealth, uh, not food or clothing, but God himself. And we'll, again, learn more about that a little bit later. But we are going to sing again. Now, I was going to see if we could get the children to come up and sing this, but fear not, uh, those who are here, we will not pick on uh, the ones who are here. We will instead sing together, but slightly differently. We're going to sing Away in a Manger. Wait, speak properly. Away in a Manger. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to remain seated and, oh, do I dare do this? This might end badly. We'll see. But if we'll say the young people, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so children, and if you, call it, you think you fit into that bracket, we're going to, and I say we, so those who help with the kids group as well, if we could help out in the first verse, and if anyone else thinks we need help, you can sing as well. Uh, then in the second verse, we'll have the women join in as well. And then with the third verse, we'll have everyone uh, singing the third verse, but remaining to sing. Does that make sense? Does that all work? Whether it works or not, who knows? But uh, we've got some strong singers here. So uh, we'll have uh, children, young people singing the first verse. Then we'll have women to join in for the second verse. And then everyone singing the third verse, remaining seated to sing. So it's away in a manger.
think that works okay. Well done. Okay, we will sing another carol in just a moment. And we're singing, which I believe uh, was voted the second most popular carol uh, last year. I don't know if anyone knows what that was. It was. Someone said it. It was Silent Night. Uh, oh, Holy Night won uh, the top billing, but it was Silent Night won second place. And I learned the story behind uh, Silent Night uh, just the other week. It was written by a man called uh, Joseph Moore. Moore? I don't, my German's not great, so I don't know. I think he was actually Austrian, not German. But uh, he wrote Silent Night originally as a poem, and he was looking for someone who would uh, write the music for it. And eventually he found a musician called Franz Gruber. Um, and Franz Gruber wrote the music for this hymn, but uh, one version of the story goes that uh, Franz Gruber was an organist and he was going to play uh, Silent Night, but uh, so one story goes at least, mice uh, got into the organ and they couldn't play it, so uh, Franz Gruber had to rearrange it for a guitar and he and uh, Joseph Moore sang it on Christmas Eve uh, at the evening service. That was the first uh, rendition of Silent Night, Holy Night. So we're going to add to that now and sing probably the millionth or so rendition of it. So let's uh, stand to sing as soon as we hear the music again. Silent Night, Holy Night, all is calm, all is bright.
Speaking of uh, renditions of Silent Night, uh, the story goes that that was sung uh, on another Christmas Eve uh, in 1914. If you know your history, you'll know 1914 was uh, the beginning of the First World War. And the story goes that this song was sung in the trenches. Uh, It was started by the Germans in their trenches. And I want you to imagine uh, that you were there uh, in the Allied trenches and you're sitting there cold, no doubt shivering, feeling miserable, perhaps, ahead of Christmas Day, away from home, away from your family. And then suddenly you hear a noise coming from the enemy trench and you wonder, oh no, uh, are they preparing for war? Are they preparing for another battle? But as you listen, you realize that it's not the sound of preparations for battle, but it's singing. And you can hear the sound of silent night, holy night, not in English, but in German. And then all the men in your trench uh, join in, in English, and you have uh, the mingled singing of English and German as the two sides sing this carol. Uh, But then, uh, after the carol is finished, you hear shouting from the enemy trench, and you hear a voice shout in broken English, Tomorrow, we no shoot, you no shoot. And a ceasefire is agreed. And the next day, Christmas Day, uh, you cross over to no man's land and enjoy drinks and even a game of football with the Germans. Now, as many as you know, that sounds like a fairy tale, but that really happened. Uh, not quite sure if it was Silent Night, but that's what one of the stories says. But for sure and certain fact, there were truces agreed on the front line during the First World War on that first Christmas uh, in 1914. Not across the whole line, but in many places. And today it's known as the Christmas Truce. Uh, sadly, uh, it didn't last. Uh, It lasted about a day or so, and then uh, the powers that be, the high command, uh, gave orders saying there must not be any such fraternization with the enemy in future. And uh, in the next few years, the nature of the war changed, and it was um, impossible to have such a truce again. And as far as we know, nothing like it happened again. And that Christmas truce is quite a good picture of life in this world. Uh, Peace is hard to come by, isn't it? You don't need me to tell you that in the world we're living in at the moment. Uh, Peace may last for a time, but before too long, war breaks out again. Uh, I'm sure you all know the John Lennon song, Imagine. Uh, John Lennon wrote these words. He said, Imagine there's no countries, it isn't hard to do nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Because John Lennon thought that it was countries and religions and politicians which caused the wars. Uh, But that isn't quite right. Uh, Religions do cause wars. Politicians do cause wars. Countries do cause wars. But a truer answer is people (laughs) cause wars. Uh, That's the reality of it. Wherever you put people together, you're going to get fighting. Uh, If you have children, you know that's the case. (laughs) 
If you have siblings, you know that's the case. Wherever there are people, there are going to be fights at some stage. Uh, it reminds me of the quote from C.S. Lewis, uh, the man who wrote The Lion, the Wish, and the Wardrobe. I'm sure you've no doubt read it. Uh, he once said, Forgiveness is, sounds like a nice idea until you have someone you need to forgive. You ever notice that? We all talk about forgiveness until someone hurts us. And then it's not quite so easy, is it? Uh, then we understand why there, are so much, so there is so much fighting in the world. That's exactly what the Bible says. Uh, the Bible says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all gone our own way. And if we're all going our own way, it shouldn't surprise us when we clash, when we collide with one another. Uh, if we're all going in our own directions, then we aren't going to ever find peace. Uh, there's only one way to find peace, the Bible says, and that's by submitting to God, submitting to Jesus, all of us listening to what he has to say for us, not doing our own thing, but listening to him. Now, if God had waited for us to make the first move, to make peace with him, he would still be waiting. Uh, but wonderfully, he didn't. Uh, God, if you like, made the first move of peace. And now Olive is going to bring for us our third reading and describe uh, how that happened that first Christmas. So Olive is going to read uh, again from Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 7. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were com completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Thank you, Olive. And so that's how God came to this world to make peace. He came as a baby in a manger. Uh, he made that first move to reconcile with us, who had all gone our own way. Uh, we're now going to uh, sit back and enjoy uh, a song sung to us again. And again, the Lawson family will sing to us. And I'm afraid I don't know the title of this song, so you will learn it with me. So sit back, uh, relax, and enjoy uh, as the Lawsons sing for us.
out of the depths of silent night. Emmanuel, come hear our cry. Our grief is strong, our burdens great. The night is long and hope is faint. You came to set the captives free. Morning star of joy and peace. Why does this darkness feel so deep? Why can't our weary spirits see? Glory, glory, glory in the darkest place. of the depths of silent night, a Saviour born, a mother's sigh, the darkness trembled at this star, a beam of hope for troubled hearts. You came to make your blessings known, and bear our curse of death alone. You came to share our suffering, so in our sorrow we could sing. much. Uh, we're going to sing all together now uh, about the first time the shepherds heard of that glory in the darkest place. And they were quite literally uh, in a dark place on a hillside in Bethlehem, watching over their sheep. And yet God chose them to give the wonderful message too. So we're going to stand And sing number five, while shepherds watched their flocks by night, all seated on the ground, the angel of the Lord came down and glory shone around. So let's stand to sing number five.
carol is actually a paraphrase of uh, the words from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, as I said, describing the angel bringing the message of good news to the shepherds. Uh, But I don't know if you've ever wondered, why did the angels go to shepherds? It's a strange choice of people to give this news to. Uh, If Jesus is the king of kings and God himself come into this onto this earth uh, surely it's kings in palaces it's the the vips it's the uh, politicians and the governments of the world who need to hear this news and yet no message from the angels came to them instead god chose insignificant shepherds we don't even know their names uh, we know next to nothing about them and yet God thought, I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell those people about what has just happened. Well, the answer for why God chose shepherds was to illustrate that this message, the message of Christmas, is for everyone. Uh, It doesn't matter how low or how high you are, the message of the gospel The good news of Christmas is for everyone, even insignificant shepherds, even, I hope you're not offended by this, relatively insignificant people like us. Uh, Billinghay's not world-renowned, is it? Most of us here aren't, I don't think. I don't think we've got many very famous people here this evening. And yet, like those shepherds, the message is for us. Uh, I mentioned, didn't I, earlier, that the reason there's not peace in this world is because we turn away from God. We all go our own way. We think we're doing the right thing sometimes, but nevertheless, we're still doing our own thing. Sometimes we know we're not doing the right thing, and yet we do it anyway because we want to. And because of that, there can be no peace in this world, and there's no peace between us and God. But what was the message of the angels? They said, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And lots of people hear those words and they're quite cynical about it. uh, Because you think, well, great, so much for that. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. Well, we don't see much of it. In fact, there was a man, a poet called Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. You may have heard of him. Uh, He was a poet in uh, the States in the mm, 19th century, perhaps 18th century. Uh, and it was the 19th century, because it was during the American Civil War that he lived. And his son had gone off to war, and he received a message from uh, the Civil War that his son had been seriously wounded in battle. I think he may have been paralyzed, I'm not sure. And he got this message soon before Christmas Day. And on Christmas Day, he was walking in the street and he could hear the bells chiming, uh, those bells chiming the good news of Christmas. And he he wrote a poem saying, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Uh, But the first verses express how he felt nothing, no peace on that Christmas morning. Uh, He said those bells mocked his feelings. Uh, These bells which were proclaiming peace on earth, goodwill to men, whereas in his heart all he could see was darkness and pain 
and her. But his poem didn't end there. Uh, his poem continued, and he wrote, But ring those bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor does he sleep. In other words, although there is heartache, although there is war, although there is pain in this world, God knows it, and he isn't indifferent to it. And he has shown how much he cares by sending his son into the world to bring peace. Our problem is that we don't receive the gift that he has given to us. Like those people in Bethlehem, we don't receive the gift of Christ. It's like this. I've got a little present here. Don't get excited, anyone. It's empty. But it's just to illustrate the point. It's like a present. Now, I'm sure that many of us will have these uh, under our Christmas trees uh, this Christmas. Uh, although the police, I mentioned this the other day, the police have said you shouldn't do that now. Did you read that on the news? Because it's a target for thieves, apparently. I'm going to do it anyway. But um, don't rob me now. Just anyway. <laughs> but we'll have presents like this under our Christmas tree. And it looks very pretty. Uh, it looks very nice. But unless you open it, it's no good to you. This one, if you open it, it's no good to you either. But if you open normally a present, then you can receive it and you can enjoy whatever it is, hopefully. That is what a present is. It's to be received. And Jesus is a gift given to us by God, the gift of himself. But it needs to be received. Uh, Jesus didn't stay a baby. Uh, he grew up. When he was 33 years old, he was nailed to a cross. And you think, what a tragic end to uh, what seemed a beautiful story. But that was the intention. Because on that cross, Jesus took the punishment we all deserve. Uh, the punishment we deserve for going our own way and rebelling against God, Jesus took it on himself. He paid the price so that we could be forgiven. He paid the debt that we owed but could not pay. That is the true message of Christmas. And that gift is open to each one of us. Uh, that gift is like a present for us waiting to be received. But the vast majority of people don't receive it. They might be found in a church every so often. Uh, they might even read their Bibles. They might sing carols. But unless you for yourself receive the gift of Jesus Christ, uh, it will do you, he will do you no good at all. And as we come to a close in this carol service this evening, I want to ask you that question. Have you received Christ for yourself? Or are you still going your own way? Are you still going in your own direction? Are you still relying on yourself? That will only end in heartache. That will only end in pain. That will only end in judgment in the end. But God says to us, peace on earth, goodwill to men. If we receive him we can become a part of God's family. All our rebellion can be forgiven and we can look forward to an eternity in heaven. That, in a nutshell, is the message of Christmas. That is the message of the Bible. I wonder, have you received Christ for yourself? And with those thoughts in mind, we're going to sing our final carol. And it's traditional to sing this one as the last uh, carol, but I've chosen it for a reason as well, uh, particularly for... Uh, verse, if I can find it, in verse 1. It says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king, peace on earth 
and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. We can become friends with God through Christ. So let's close by singing our final carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the New Born King. seat just while uh, I've just got a few 
things to say before we close with a prayer. Uh, don't rush off at the end. I'm pretty sure there's probably still some more food about somewhere. And there are teas and coffees. Is that right? Yes. Teas and coffees afterwards. So no need to uh, rush away. Um, just say we do have services on Christmas Eve. Uh, where we'll be singing more carols and also our Christmas Day service as well. Be sure to, that's from 10.30 to 11 on Christmas morning. Uh, everyone, of course, is very welcome to join us there as well. Um, don't have got anything else uh, I need to say. Don't rush away. I'll just close with a prayer, and uh, it has been great to have you with us this evening. Let's just pray. Father God, we do thank you uh, for this time of year. Uh, we thank you for the joy that it brings to uh, think on who Christ is and what he has done. And I pray that each and every one of us here this evening would receive that gift, that none of us would reject it, but we would know the wonderful gift of sins forgiven and eternal life. Uh, we pray over this Christmas time that you would keep us safe, that uh, you would give us great joy as we um, enjoy friendship and um, fun with our friends and our family. And we pray that you would help us through it all to remember Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We ask all these things in his name. Amen.